for podcasting. The PSJs you hear on London and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Wow, was that any good? Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It's Miller and Condon on a a Friday. Uh, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO 106.3 on the FM dial. It's Trent Condon and Ken Miller, and we're with you for the next couple of hours. We appreciate you staying here with us, and if you do so, if you tune in late, although you won't hear this, 1145 will give you an opportunity to cap off your week with Claxon's Barbecue Giveaway. That's coming up at 1145. Uh, we'll give four of you an opportunity to win some Claxon's Barbecue. ClaxonBBQ.com, 3131 8th Street Southwest in Altoona. You must wait a month between your opportunities to win some barbecue. I was on my walk this morning. A guy drove by and his bike said, "I'm." and this is a true story. One more week and I get to play claxons again. <laughs> That's Honest awesome. to God, that was that was how he I had no idea who was behind me. But anyways, um, BMW Des Moines guest list. Mark Hanrahan is at the game. You've heard him on kicks you know, over the years uh, a lot. Mark was at the game yesterday, so we'll get the game through a fan's eyes. At ten thirty, we will do likewise, but with a journalist's eyes. Tommy Birch. And the Des Moines Register, again, uh, they did a phenomenal job chronicling the biggest game in the history of our state. And I don't care what anybody says. That's the right answer. Uh, it was amazing. Tommy Birch uh, will be followed by Mitch Holtis at 10.50. Mitch will join us live. We will talk about the Chiefs as they get set to head to San Francisco. And I'm assuming see a whole lot of Trey Lance. Uh, so Mitch Holtis at uh, 10.50. At 11.05, Michael Swain, Psych. CycloneAlert.com 24-7 Sports is in here to talk about Iowa State. He was with us earlier in the week, but they've had an opportunity to catch up. I know that they had Nate Shieldhouse, they being the media, so we'll get the latest on the Cyclones as they take uh, get closer and closer to opening day against the Panthers. Tom Cakert will join us before he heads to media day today uh, over in Iowa City with the Hawkeyes. Tom Cakert, 1125. And then uh, your opportunity to win some Claxons. From start to finish, it exceeded expectations last night. It was unbelievable uh, television. Fox did an amazing job with all the resources that they threw at it. Um, I had a tear in my eye watching uh, Kevin Costner come out, the pregame stuff. It was just amazing, Trent. The emotions ran the gamut. The state of Iowa did good. We're supposed to come in here and verbalize what we saw, you know, give our opinions, give our thoughts. And as I was sitting last night and for a while, just sitting in silence, I had, I had the TV down. They went to the news. I still had it on Fox afterwards and everybody in the house was asleep. And I just sit there and thinking, all right, know the things that I have in my notes and the things we're going to talk about here. But in a way, I don't feel equipped <laughs> to explain the emotional aspect mm-hmm. of it. I'm a lifelong Iowan been here 41 years and I never plan on leaving. I love this state. I love being an Iowan. And to have that all encompassed together mm-hmm. in the fashion it was last night, I, I, I'm I'm welling up right now again just talking. Yeah, about it. I, no, I, I get is, it. This is not shtick. This is nothing. 
I love being an Iowan. I am proud of this state. I am proud of where I am from. And to have that on a national scale, not for a college football game, but for this, to have the national baseball spotlight on our state and the way it's pulled off. Oh, my God. It's absolutely incredible. I have never been prouder as an Iowan than I was in those moments last night and the chills and the tears and holding my son as we're watching the players walk out and we're right next to the TV and him pointing up. It was one of the more emotional, certainly probably the most emotional sports moment I've had in my life. You're getting old. I'm getting old. <laughs> you know what? That, that's I'm like okay. you in the commercials tearing up. Right. Here I am. Oh, that's good. It was, um, Trent, I don't, here's, the, here's the bad thing about it. How do you top it? You don't. Right? Do we want, do we, I, I couldn't wait for next year's game prior to this year's yes. game. Cubs Cardinals, when, when's that schedule, yes, when's it absolutely. set? absolutely. I mean, that's got to be what it is. But how in the world do you come close? I mean, Costner walking, and, and then when he opens his mouth and Kevin Costner comes out, right? Mm, right. What a unique voice he has. It was just, to use his word, and he started saying this word on Wednesday, it was perfect. It was perfect. Did an inning and a half in the booth. He didn't want to leave. No. He didn't want. He want. So he stuck around. Yeah, of course. Some thanks for you know. I hope he would ask. It was um, the game was the game was way better than anyone could have foresaw. And it, as we said going into it, I don't care if it's fifteen to two or I just wanted to. I just want to see the visuals. From the time that the coverage started at five, I know there was a local thing at four thirty. I watched a little bit of it, but um, finished up some stuff before that. Excuse me, I had to cough. Um. From the time it started at 5 o'clock till the time Tim Anderson walked it off and the fireworks were happening out in left field uh, and, and Fox, the, whoever directing the telecast, pushing absolutely every one of the right buttons timing-wise, getting Anderson coming down the third baseline, the slow motion. Trent, it's, I mean, you can't top what we saw last night. This will be the biggest sporting event in the state Look, I know everybody, half of you had great moments at Kinnick or Carver. The other half, great moments. Well, not half, but you get my point. Mm-hmm. At Jack Trice or at Hilton or at the Knapp Center, at the McLeod or you and I or dot, 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 wherever you had that emotion. of. But the entire sports world was paying attention to our state last night, and we were treated with a hell of a baseball game. But that kind of felt secondary to me. It absolutely did. And we have a great game that went along with it. And I think that added even more to the intrigue. But... From the first home run into the corn, yeah. and then it just continuing, and the power alley, and the jokes on Twitter, MLB, move the home run derby to the Field of Dreams yes. game, and yes, sign me up for that. It was everything that you'd anticipate, but away from the game, there was so much more, because if this game was 15-1, to 1, it still would have been an incredible mm-hmm. moment. That added to it, yes, but it was about the visions, yeah. what you saw, and the sunset, and the pictures, and the pictures coming out of the corner, and just those moments that were there. The uniforms. Yes. I mean, it just was, it was perfect. They knocked it completely they out did. of the park. And Major League Baseball deserves credit for this, and we rip on them and crap on them, and somebody put up a sign about the blackouts, and they're right. right. You know, fix it. Um, they're right. There's a lot that is still wrong with the game, but everything was right with the game last night, and it was just a treat to watch. I mean, I got a text this morning from a, from a real sports fan guy. This is the first Major League Baseball game I've watched start to finish since Jack Morris pitched. Wow. 
right? That's 30 years ago. Right, against Smoltz in the World Series. I mean, you couldn't turn it off. I I didn't watch play the NFL. Not one. I didn't watch play of anything else last night. It was there. It was locked in. I'm a flipper. I like to flip. Me too. I like to bounce around to find something else. I, I just, that's the way that I've kind of developed as a sports fan. And even if it's my team playing a big game, I'm still flipping around. Yeah. It, Hawkeyes are playing a game at 2.30. I'm still at commercial breaks. I'm going over mm-hmm. to another game. Mm-hmm. I'm just, that's what I'm doing during that time. This, locked and loaded. You could have thrown away the batteries and it would not have mattered one iota. It was, you didn't want to miss anything. No. It was edge of your seat. And to take this to another level, the amount of people that I saw on Facebook, friends, people that I know aren't baseball fans. My wife had her book club last night. <laughs> a dozen ladies. I think two of them kind of like sports. It wasn't but at your house, was it? It was not at our house. No, no, that was not happening on this one. <laughs> it was not, not her time to rotate. And if it was, there would have been some changes that would have happened to the schedule. But she said they had it on the whole time. They wow. never had the TV on during book club. They did for this and those kind of moments. My wife at the end of the game when she got home, she was on the edge of her seat too, watching the comeback from the Yankees and then the comeback the other way. Yeah, Stan, got, Stan thought he was going to be the hero of the right. game, right? But unfortunately for him, the White Sox get a turn in the ninth. Liam Hendricks gets the win? Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know what uh, kind of gets lost in the shuffle from what what we saw last night? Zavala was down 0-2 in the count before he worked the walk. Oh, yeah, that's he right. He was down 0-2. Worked the walk, but gets on and uh, sets the table for Tim Anderson. And Joe, Joe Buck early, I think it was Buck or Smoltz, you know, the first, his first at-bat of the game, said his he is known as a first ball, uh, a first pitch. He's going after it, and that's exactly what happened uh, in the ninth inning again, uh, as it did in the first inning. It was incredible from the from the clothing that the commentators were outfitted in, whether it be a Rod and Poppy and the the, the pregame store or Smoltz or Ferducci, uh, the throwback stuff that um, uh, it, they they didn't miss a beat. I mean, here the the one unfortunate part about last night Pat Hoberg had a really bad night a lot of high strikes yeah he had a bad night and he's a good umpire mm-hmm. it was not his best night last sure. night and you know it was an eye when they made a big deal of it an eye one behind the plate and they showed the EC the patches for our friend Eric Cooper which got um, me too yeah right I mean the, the, the Cooper was such a great guy he really and truly was Ah, so fortunate to spend time with him and T Mac when they were doing the upside view here and getting to know them both, and um, and and this game meant so much to Eric Cooper in his home state to have a game, and he wanted an Iowa umpire here, but unfortunately for for Hoberg, he had a, he had a tough night behind the plate. But uh, again, um, that's really picking nits. But how do you top it? And should you try to top it? Do we want this game next year, Trent? I, I just. This was perfect. I'm going to use that word a ton because it fits. How do you come close to what we witnessed last night? It feels like we're being set up for a letdown. You're looking forward because it's going to continue. After last night and the success, there's no way that Major League Baseball is going to allow this to be a one-off because I think we're going to see the TV ratings today are going and to be And hopefully huge. before noon. <laughs> right, yes. Hopefully those will come out. We'll be keeping an eye on Twitter, on Sports Media Watch, and the other places that those come out from. But... They're going to keep doing it. It's going to continue. And next year, it's Cubs-Cardinals. That'll be huge. Mm-hmm. We know. If it is. And it right. certainly makes sense. And then the year after, you get Twins-Brewers. Pretty mm-hmm. big and certainly mm-hmm. more important up in, in that neck of the mm-hmm. woods. But then you get the Royals. Okay. 
And then you get a Red Sox. Yeah, but Costner's not going to be there, and right. Manfred's not going to be there. And do they send Buck and Spoltz every to every one of these things? Or is it Kevin start, Burkhardt? Yeah, and then, do they start doing secondary crews? Mm-hmm. And um, you 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 can't top what we witnessed last night, and the, and and the ending. It was like a script, and then you know the 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 walk off home run just. Uh, and the history going back to Shoeless Joe Jackson, when the players started walking out the corn, um, and to, to begin the game, Costner walks out of the field. I wondered what they were going to do. He had a baseball. Now he didn't. There was no first pitch, no. was there? And that, that's what I anticipated. I did it was too. Going He's to holding be. the ball. Right. He's going to go out there yeah. or have a catch with or the have a catch, yeah. with the actor that played his dad. Yeah, I can't because he was there. He was all over the place. Mm-hmm. I saw an interview. Reisner had one with him uh, after the game as everyone went over to the original site. And people were playing catch yeah. there, and lots of great videos. Hey, kudos to all three of our local crews. Yes. From John Schaefer, yes. who did great work. Of right. course, Keith, as always, mm-hmm. did incredible. And, and also Reister there. Those Reister guys, team, they did too. Yep. all three of them yep. did a great job of conveying and bringing that story back from you know three hours away from us here, mm-hmm. back home to Des Moines, and just showing the importance. And the few people that I've talked to that were there, they ran into the same thing that I said at the top. Words just can't describe it. You can't. And because of that, that's why you're not going to top last night. Uh-uh. Like you said, there, there's no getting past. There's nothing that is ever going. The bar's set too high. But I want to have an opportunity to do that. Yeah. You know, I want to be there. Do I you? want my family members mm-hmm. to be there. Mm-hmm. I want to see my team mm-hmm. on that field. What does last night do for next year's ticket prices? Anything? Still going to be high. Yeah. And if it's Cubs Cardinals. Oh, yeah. Think of that, too. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, I thought Buck's comment at the beginning of the game was right on. I mean, it was quiet. Yeah. Didn't know what to do almost, right? It was really... It's kind of eerie. Yes, in the, in the beginning of the game. But then it didn't take long as it started to uh, pick up again. And by the, uh, by the end of it, it was, was bonkers, as we saw. But um, um, I just don't know what you do. And the White Sox fans, they were, they were there. The Yankees fans, they were there. Uh, Iwin showed up. Kevin Costner was Kevin Costner, and what do you think he made? What do you think he paid him to do that? All the stuff that he did, the voiceovers, mm-hmm. uh, being willing to sit down in the pregame. He went to the outfield. He sat down with uh, what's the host's name? Yeah, regardless, with Frank Thomas and Big Poppy and Arod. Well, Kevin Burkhardt, yes, yeah. thank you. Um, sat down, he sat in with them at one point. Of course, went up and did an inning and a half uh, with. Uh, is this might be. I'm going to put this call on hold on the hotline. Mark Hanrahan used to have that number. That might be him. Um, just, just. What do you think he made for that? What do you pay Kevin Costner to do what he did? Did he even need it? He's been such well, that's an, a great point. an ambassador know, yes, for the game yeah. that it might have been. He just did it. Right. And, hey, we have this idea. Would you come? Sure. I'm there. Right. Because, hey, he doesn't need the money. Well, he was talking, and a friend of his was the architect of the field. Did you hear that part? No. Uh, was that in the pregame? It might have been the pregame. Yeah, a good friend of his actually designed the Field of Dreams and didn't share that with Costner wow. up until very late in the process. And the guy said, to when, it, when they finally spoke, the architect said, are you going? Well, not yet. He said he hasn't been asked yet, but he anticipates that he will. So I, I, I just wondered. He does, obviously doesn't need the money. Right, right. The notoriety that, I mean... Uh, is the royalty still from the movie? I would guess, mm-hmm, right? And more people are certainly going to watch Field of Dreams in this last, you know, week leading up to it, and probably this weekend, and have in in a, in a long, long time. It was, as you said, 
perfect. Well, that's what Costner said, and he's right. I mean, it's it's, it's, it's that's the word that describes what we witnessed yesterday. I, I'm really torn, folks. I really am. As good as it was, what it's how do you come close to what we saw last night? I don't think that you do. I don't think you can possibly get close. Game aside, um, oh my God, just just chills still thinking about it. Um, and the show, and then Fox, the 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 tele, the cameras that they had, and the drones and the hot air balloon. I mean, there was just perfect in every aspect, right? It was, it was great. It was absolutely great, and it was the and will be the highlight of 2021. So those of you in, you know, newspapers or TV stations that are going to at some point in December work on your biggest stories of 2021 in the state of Iowa. That's it. That's it. There's the answer. The one and only answer is going to be the White Sox and the Yankees uh, as they entertained the you-know-what out of us. The game was fun. I mean, the game was fun. But it didn't need to be, right? I, I it, It's better than it was, obviously. Um, you know, another aspect of it, too, you normally don't see, and I'm anxious to ask Mark Hanrahan this question because he pitched, and obviously his brother Joel pitched. Pitchers don't talk on the day that they pitch. Right. And Liam Hendricks has been, this is twice now. I mean, he's a reliever. I get that. Mm-hmm. But normally, you know, a couple innings before, because when did they really put, uh, come to him? I'm at a middle fifth, of the game, maybe? fifth inning. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. And that's not the reason he gave up the runs. But normally pitchers are out of bounds on game day. Let's get Mark Hanrahan in here from a fan's perspective. Mark, you were you lucky duck you. Uh, that's going to be one of the <laughs> highlights of your sporting life, right? Yeah, I, I think it's right up there at the top. I, I told... Uh, I, I was texting with Ross Peterson yesterday, and I said, you know, Joel's first all-star game, yeah. his major league debut, those were both right there. But just the way the game played out and everything around it, uh, I think this is probably the top. How was it for fans, Mark, getting in? I mean, I saw traffic. You could expect that, right? There was you know, one road in, one road out. Um And I, I did see you tweet that, you, you know, you were caught in traffic and you'd been to, for – but it, you – you didn't feel like um, um, that, that that this was that this was a big burden, right? Because you knew ultimately the payoff that uh, the, that awaited you once you finally made your way to the ballpark. Yeah, I, and the traffic in was literally the only hiccup of the entire day, and and that really didn't feel that bad because it seemed almost like it was set up like the movie where you you know the line of cars yeah. waiting. Ah, um, yeah. But uh, once you got there, and I, I said to my wife, I said, it's almost like like a little Disney-fied, but mm. not in a bad way. Like, you know, you walk through the corn, and they have the music playing and the, the quotes from the movie, uh, a lot of signs and things like that, that seemed like, you know, when you go to Disney, but the good parts of Disney, that kind of adds a little atmosphere to it, but once you get through that corn and you saw the field and just the players. Like, I mean, I've been to, I don't even know how many major league games, but I've never seen the looks on the players faces. Mm-hmm. Like they were yesterday. They, they, you know, Eloy Jimenez out there in the outfield just looked like a kid <laughs> yeah. in a candy store the entire game. It was awesome. The, the grounds walking around, take us through, 
kind of the festivities leading up to the game. We obviously got to see that from start to finish, but being there beforehand and then afterwards too, I saw a shot afterwards of everybody making their way back to the original site and and playing and having a catch one final time there before they went out. Take us through a little bit what happened before and after the game for you. Yeah, so it, it, what was amazing to me for a one-off game is just how smoothly everything was operating. You know, we walked in, the parking was really smooth, got a great spot, uh, walked in the, the main gate, that went really easy, no no lines or anything, and then they have the hot dog, apple pie. Did you try uh, one? Stand. I didn't get one, just had we not been a little late getting there because of the traffic, I, I would have, but... We wanted to get into the field and, and kind of see everything. So we got in, we grabbed a beer, we walked around, saw the house. They had ghost players everywhere wow. to, for photo opportunities. Um, so we just kind of walked around the field, you know, just fans from all over the country. Absolutely all. I would say it was probably about 60% White Sox fans, mm-hmm. probably about 10% Yankees fans. And then the rest was just everywhere. The people sitting next to us, were from California. They had driven here. Wow. Uh, they were Angels fans. They just loved the movie. Um, so they wanted to be there. And just, you know, we, we took pictures for people. Everybody was super friendly because there's lines of people wanting to get pictures with all these different pla- different photo opportunities that they had set up. And everybody's just handing their phone over, letting people hmm. take pictures for them. And it was just the, the staff. I can't say enough for the staff. They were amazingly friendly everything operated so smoothly um you know just all the fans you know there there's maybe 0.1 percent of fans were a little out of control but you know you figure when you pay that much for a ticket you're gonna be on your best behavior (laughs) um but it it was just it was just an amazing experience It, it was really cool were there scalpers mark did you see anybody buying or selling tickets on your way in the only thing we saw was a lot of people wanting to buy ticket stubs after the oh, game. Oh yeah, uh, we didn't see didn't see any. Well, you couldn't get within two miles of the field without a, a parking pass or ticket. So interesting. That was probably part of it. So that's funny. My cousin was on his way to Dubuque last night, and uh, he wasn't able to get close to the field, but took some pictures from as close to as he could, and yeah, it was a couple of miles away mm. that he was able to get mm-hmm. to the stadium uh, as everything was going on. Mark, the game was incredible. Uh, in terms of fan, was it a 50-50 split between Yankees, White Sox, more White Sox fans? What did you think, at least in terms of the sounds of the game? Oh, it, it was by far more White Sox fans. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I think I said about 60% of the mm-hmm. people there were probably White Sox fans. Especially in the bleachers there, where they they had all the the people that had the lottery for Iowa. Definitely, White Sox fans scooped up a bunch of those, probably on the secondary market. Um, but uh, it, it was it was when, when that home run the the walk off happened. It was electric. It was all White Sox fans jumping up and down, going crazy, hugging each other. <laughs> I mean, you would. You would have thought they won the World Series. Yeah, it was, it was unbelievable. Mark Hanrahan, who was at the game last night, uh, joins us. He's been on these airways for for, for many years. Mark, um, I'm torn. Um, 
I, I just don't know how you top last night, right? Last night was it was perfection. It was everything you could have asked for. Uh, it's, it's people have said it, right? You can't script it any better, and it's true. I'm torn about next year. I mean, how do you come close to topping? And maybe you don't have to. Maybe you don't have to, and just uh, you know, enjoy it for what next year's going to be. But last night, I don't think we'll ever be topped. Do you think they should come right back with another game next year, Mark? From a fan's perspective, would you go again? So, I think from a television, and I haven't gotten to watch the, the television broadcast, and I have it recorded. I can't wait to watch it. From a television perspective, I don't think you can top it. You're not going to be able to replicate, you know, the first time seeing those things. Mm-hmm. But from a fan being there perspective, and the the migration of fans that that happened for this game. I, I absolutely think it should be an annual thing. Okay, and I, I you know, I, I know you guys were talking Cubs cards. I would, I would, I think it would be best to have a local team play a non-local team, similar to how it was with the the Yankees. You know, if it's Cubs, maybe like Cubs Red Sox or Cubs Dodgers or something. How about Otani like, and the Angels and the and the yeah. and the worldwide appeal? Absolutely, just just to have, uh, you know. Fans have like a destination game too. I think would be kind of cool because, especially you know, for the local economy stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But but I know that the New York fans that were there seemed very appreciative of the moment as well. So I you know while it'd be cool to have two localish teams, I think having one local team and one uh, you know out of the way team would would be a cooler experience. So. Mark Anderhan, uh, listen, thanks for sharing uh, your perspective uh, from a fan's perspective. Uh, how did you get your tickets? Did you win the lottery, Mark? Yeah, so we had basically everybody we knew uh, enter the lottery. Haley's sister. So Haley comes from a big baseball family. Her yeah. dad played in college. Her brother played in college. Her grandfather played in college. Wow. Uh, it's her dad's birthday, by the way. Happy birthday, Tim. <laughs> uh, so Haley's sister won the lottery, and uh, they... They knew that we would appreciate it and pass the uh, opportunity over to us. Uh, great stuff. Uh, Mark, uh, thanks for doing this. Uh, hey, it's good to see your brother doing what he's doing, too, right? It's obviously, the goal is for him to get back up there, but having a two-time yeah. All-Star, uh, you know, tutor you as you make your way to the big leagues for those people, uh, for those uh, pitchers in the system. Um, they're, they're, getting, they're getting some good advice. Been there, done that. Mark, good to talk yeah, to you. He's, Go ahead. He's loving, what, he's loving what he's doing, and it's even cooler to see how much the guy that he's coaching love him too. Oh, I bet. It's just really cool to see. Absolutely. Yeah. Mark, thank you. Good to yeah. see you. Good to hear from you. Hey, thanks, guys. Yep, good Have to talk to you. Mark Anderhan, uh, of course, brother Joel, uh, uh, two-time All-Star, uh, pitched at Norwalk, drafted by the Dodgers. So uh, that other call that we got on the hotline mm-hmm. was Jamie Pollard. No, it wasn't really. Yeah, he was listening, and he said he's got one thing that could top it. Put the All-Star game there. Trent... I said it on the uh, I said it on the air this week, um, um, and I totally mean. He's right, Jamie Pollard. Jamie, you and I think alike, <laughs> uh, at least in this case. Um, and thank you for listening. By the way, he's right. That would be really cool. That would be really really cool. Get but, the best fifty six yes, players in totally the game. Agree. But where do you put them up? Because it's a three day event. That's a good point too. You know, Dubuque. But you know what? For one. One All-Star. They pre- Look, if the White Sox and the Yankees are an indicator of what this meant to them as players, mm-hmm. 
You you heard Aaron Judge, right? And we kind of speculated this on the air. Their cameras are going to be, or their phones rather, are going to be on video at the window of their buses they're driving from wherever they landed all the way. And that's what they were. And the appreciation that they had for what they were experiencing, it's a long season. (laughs) It's a long season. No one that was on that field last night in a uniform will ever forget participating in that game. Whether that's a highlight of their career, winning a World Series obviously is the pinnacle, but no one will ever forget what they saw last night. And how many Major League Baseball players seeing that say, I want to play in that game. Yes. I want to be part of that. I want to experience something different. And that's absolutely what it was. All-Star game would be incredible. Oh, it would be. And a series continuing still would be great. I also saw a lot of speculation looking at next year's schedule. Maybe not Cubs- against the Cardinals, right. but Cubs-Reds would actually kind of work in terms of timing the way the schedule set up. Yeah. I know the Blue Jays play the Cubs in August. I hope not. That's a, that's They're not, not doing No, that. of course yeah. not. Of course not. And nor should they. Blue Jays might be... No, the last team. <laughs> Maybe the Rays would be the only one. Uh... No, I think Toronto's the answer. <laughs> you know what? Otani in the Angels. That's a really good For that call. worldwide like, audience, yes. right? Because this guy's, I mean, huge. Well, we, we heard from a fan's perspective. Um, in, in Mark Hanrahan, we're grateful for that. Uh, good for hear Jamie Pollard listening to at least part of the program. Appreciate that he does. And uh, we will hear from Tommy Birch, who's well. Uh, there was a story in the paper today. Did you know this? The storm went through and knocked down a bunch of the corn. Yes, Tuesday night. And one of the register reporters was actually assigned to write the story of the two farmers that were in charge of. Manually replanting, yeah, but getting metal stakes and attaching them to make the corn stalks zip ties yes. to keep it up. I mean, just kind of, kind of the minutia, all the stuff that goes on behind the scenes to to bring together and to pull off what we witnessed last night. Oh my God, I love this state. It's your home. It's my adopted home. Uh, and we looked good on TV as a state last night, did we not? Tip of the ball cap, Iowa. Yeah, absolutely. Miller and Condon, 10.30. Tommy Birch next. Mitch Holt is still to come. 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Some restrictions apply. Fourteen sixty KX and oh one oh six point three on the FM dial. Richard Deitch, who covers uh, sports media uh, for the Athletic, he is saying that uh, one of his uh, go-to sources says tells me to expect a monster viewership number for Fox coming from the Field of Dream game last night. For context, you said an eight is about the average share yes. on a World Series game. Yeah, going back to two years ago, last year was obviously yeah, hugely throw last down. year out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're looking at an 8.1 uh, share was what they had on average for a seven-game series with the Nats beating the Astros in that one. A uh, year before, about an 8.3 with Red Sox-Dodgers. So, Well, maybe we'll know before we get out of here at noon. Let's yeah. get Tommy Birch. Tommy, from Dyersville to Beaverdale, what time did you get home? <laughs> Wow, uh, a little after three, so right around there. I was I was actually thinking about trying to trying to stay the night one more night. But I got a sick old man at home, Uh-oh. so I should I should uh, come home and uh, and uh, 
try to try to hold down the fort around here. Yeah, Bodie comes first. Absolutely get that. To hell with sleep, Dad. Uh, so, Tommy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? Absolutely. Uh, as I said all week, and um, the Register did an amazing job of, of covering uh, the sporting event. I'm, and I'm not surprised by this. I'm just, uh, you know, patting you guys on the back, you and Petey and everybody. Uh, I mentioned before we went to a break, I didn't know that there was a storm that blew through town on Tuesday. And one of the, one of your reporters from the Register actually did a piece on the two farmers that were entrusted with staking the corn back up and using the zip ties to make it look as, as good as it did on TV. Uh, Register did a terrific job of covering that, Tommy. How much planning went into what you guys did uh, with Krieglow and all your staff? Um, I mean, you obviously had a long time to plan this, but uh, can you estimate I mean, how much went into what you guys were trying to pull off? A lot of planning. I mean, you know, look, this been a long time in the mix. I, I remember, like, the day the day MLB announced that they were going to be coming here back in 2019. Immediately, I made it clear to Major League Baseball officials, like, hey, we're, we want to have a heavy presence here. And I think we probably have the largest uh, media contingency outside of Fox of, of any media, local <clears throat> or national. Um, I think, uh, you know, we had me, Randy, Dargan, and two photographers. So, um, you know, the interesting thing is, you know, we planned, we planned, and planned, and then you know, when things happen, you know, you, you just kind of pivot. And, you know, a lot of things just popped up through, throughout the week that um, <clears throat> you, you had no idea maybe happening could be happening and stuff like that. You know, you, uh, the the story I'll tell is kind of like uh, yesterday. You know, we knew that, hey, some of the players might be venturing over to, to the field. That was kind of the grand plan of Major League Baseball is that, Players from both teams, you know, after team photos would walk over from the new diamond over to, to the old diamond and kind of look around, reminisce and stuff like that. You know, they, they hoped a lot of the guys would do it. They didn't know if everybody would. So, um, I actually got tipped off to, to say, Hey, go if you stand along the path, that's where they're going to be coming. So after, um, after the, the Yankees went through their team photos, I'm, I'm standing out on that path and I, I hear, guys trampling through the corn and here comes uh juan carlos stanton uh you know uh aaron judge aaron boone uh araldis chapman i just walked with all these guys and just kind of talked with them um as they walked over to the field and it's stuff like that you can't really plan for you you definitely pivot for at the last minute but those were um moments that I think made the coverage so special, so great, so unique, because I, I remember walking down this pathway talking to Aaron Boone, and there were a couple of other media members there, but most didn't know about it, and I'm like, this is absolutely insane, but hmm. I'm standing between Aaron Boone and Araldis Chapman walking down this pathway through the corn to, to the Field of Dreams movie site, you know, walking out of the corn with them, and it, it allowed us to tell some really um, really magical stories, I think. The players' perspective, Birchie, talking to them, we know what it meant for us Iowans. We know, you know, for baseball fans, certainly what it meant. But for the guys between the lines, their takeaway from the experience. Yeah, you know, I kind of went into it thinking like, okay, they're all saying the right thing. They're all saying like, hey, we're happy to be here. I kind of wondered if that was just a song and dance because, look, it it is a massively inconvenient uh, 
you know, a day of travel for them. What the game plan was is um, both teams ended up flying into Dubuque. They bust to Dyersville, um, got ready, did all, all that stuff, played the game, and then, you know, afterward, bust back to Dubuque, fly out, Dy- or bust back to Dubuque and flew out there to Chicago. You know, that's a long day. Um, not to mention all the other little things that they were asked to do, you know, when it came to like Fox stuff and promoting it and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So it's a long, long day, but I will say like, man, some of those moments I was telling you about too, where it's just me and them. And I think there were certainly moments that players, you know, being as short as I am probably <laughs> didn't even realize, you know, I was walking next to them or walking behind them. Um, uh, many of uh, I would say the the majority of them, if not all of them, seem genuinely impressed and excited about being there and and really soaked up the opportunity. And I think for most of them, the idea was great to to not only um, get to go to the movie site because look, if you're if you're playing baseball, um, odds are you have seen yeah. Field of Dreams. We did find out Tim Anderson still hasn't seen Field of Dreams, really? but I think most of those guys have because. Uh, Major League Baseball had actually been encouraging them to 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 watch it before they came to <clears throat> Dyersville. But uh, um, but you know, I think for them it was it was like okay, this is a magical uh, opportunity to get to experience this movie site, and probably something that we're not going to get to do again. You know, I can't envision Aaron Judge or you know Tim Anderson taking his family out to Dyersville, Iowa yeah. for for vacation anytime soon, but. Um, and then it kind of, you know, changed up, um, you know, the, the monotony of the, the entire schedule, right. you know, they got to do something different. I think all these guys, you know, they like the routine, but I think they like the opportunity to break from it as well. And I think, you know, this, this was one of those opportunities. I found it interesting that, you know, even Brett Gardner had told me after the game, he said, look, I, I kind of wish I would have had, um, some more time mm-hmm. to, to be around um, the whole place there in Dyersville. So I think that pretty much summed up the, the feeling that, you know, uh, guys were genuinely happy to be there. And, and you know who else was, Tommy? I, I get a sense that Smoltz and Buck, and I think, but look, Buck and Smoltz called World Series. Buck tossed the Super Bowl on top. Of He's covered some of the major events uh, in, in this last couple of decades, right? And you could tell that last night, Really affected them. I mean, Smoltz says the greatest regular season game, and I get it uh, that that he's ever covered. But uh, seemingly everybody, and I have to believe Rob Manfred was the same way. Everybody that was a part of this last night got caught up in it. Uh, even guys you wouldn't think that uh, that it would uh, you know affect them as as the way that it did. Yeah, and I, I I think it's interesting that you brought up Rob Manfred because I think look. Um, <clears throat> The whole idea was like, hey, we do want, you know, everybody I talked to from Major League Baseball to, to Fox to even Rob Manfred had been adamant in the days leading up to the game that, hey, like, look, we're really interested in bringing this game back to, to Dyersville, but let's see how it goes. Right. You know, the, when the day of the game arrives, when, when things really start going, you never know how it's actually going to happen. Are the two, Team's going to get in there, okay. Are fans going to get in there, okay? Is is the actual excitement the day of the game actually going to live up to everything they'd hoped it to be? 
And, you know, I know David Ross had come out and hinted, like, okay, the, yeah. the Cubs might be part of it. And my understanding is uh, the Cubs will be part of that game in 2022. But I think Major League Baseball, even on background conversations I was having with people after Ross's comments were saying, look, those are – those are those are definitely premature. Like if we have a game, the Cubs are going to be a part of it, but we still want to see how things go. But I think Rob Manfred really got caught up mm-hmm. in a lot of the moments yesterday of walking around the movie site, seeing the fans, seeing the excitement. I'm sure uh, seeing the dollar signs go <laughs> off in his in his mind with with um, all the ad revenue that was coming in through through the broadcast and all the PR that they were building. And, and just said, okay, yep, yep, I can't, we gotta do it. You know, I think even he got caught up in the moment there and said, like, okay, yep, I, I, I have no reason to not bring baseball back here in 2022. Tommy Birch from the Des Moines Register. Tommy, tip of the cap to you and the uh, team over at the Register. You did a great job uh, uh, bringing to those who couldn't be there in person, as Fox did uh, on TV, you guys did in print. Birchie, uh, thanks for doing this for us this morning. Get some sleep if you can. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Great show, guys. Thank you, bud. Good to talk to you. Tommy Birch from the Des Moines Register. He won't be napping till noon, though, because his favorite segment every week, Claxons. <laughs> he texts me every time. <laughs> Is that right? Normally, that's when he goes to pick up Bodie is right around yeah, that time yeah. from preschool and uh, says that's his favorite. He just loves the interaction that you have with our callers every week. I mean, it's crazy. I was out for a walk, as I told you <laughs> at the beginning of the show. I got one more week and I could play Claxons again. Uh, it's good stuff. Anyways, that's coming up in about an hour from now. But Mitch Holtis is next. We will head to Chiefs training camp uh, before the Chiefs get on the airplane and head to San Francisco Levi Stadium to take on the Niners tomorrow night. Miller and Condon, 1460 kicks and 010. Instruction. Tell them Heather sent you in. Condon, welcome back. Thank you to Tommy Birch from the Des Moines Register. Uh, let's get to our friend Mitch Holtus. He'll be on the airplane with the Chiefs as they head to San Francisco to take on the Niners. I'm guessing we'll see a whole lot of Trey Lance. I know we'll see very little, we'll see none of the franchise Patrick Mahomes. Mitch, Trent, and Ken, thank you for coming on. Did you happen to see our fine state in the national spotlight last night on Fox? I did not get a chance to watch it. I'm going to go back and when I get to the hotel... In Santa Clara tonight, I want to uh, try to find it and watch it. I, I wanted to. It's just been crazy. No, what an awesome idea! What's great for your state and and just a neat idea. I don't know who came up with that, but well done. No, ab- absolutely, Mitch. Does, does Mahomes and the guys that are are not going to play? Do they even travel? Yeah, they're going to play. They're going to play a quarter. They, Mahomes is series. Yes, yes. Wow. I, I I could see Mahomes playing a series. Uh, if it goes well, then he'll come out. But yes, there's, there's, uh, I fully anticipate him playing some. Well, that's great. So does preseason yeah. game number two become the old preseason game number three? Is that kind of the setup? No. Preseason game number one in the new setup is preseason game number one in the old setup <laughs> with Andy Reid. And I think he's going to go two, three right down the line. Like just, you just evaporate four. Uh-huh. He's not changing, uh, anything because of the missed fourth preseason game. That reduces the valuation of people at the bottom of your roster, mm-hmm. or people that you want to put in the crockpot. That I say in the uh, in your practice squad. So, uh, but Andy Reid, keep in mind, I mean, so old school, he's new school, but 
he's not changing his approach much. And honestly, it goes back to our first report. Why would you? He's 20 and 5 in September. <laughs> right. And that does go back to our first report. Mitch Holtis uh, is our guest. Uh, so, Mitch, um, Trey Lance is going to be on the other side of the field. We know that. These are two teams that uh, both have very, I think, legitimate aspirations. Obviously, the one that you cover does and, uh, and call does. Uh, but this Niners team, a disappointing year. Injuries really curtailed them last year. They're going to be back where they were a couple of years ago, as far as where I sit. But, Ken, you know what's interesting about them? The perception of the 49ers is interesting. Do you realize in the four years with Kyle Shanahan as coach, they and you, this is counting their 2-1 and one run when they lost to us in Super Bowl yeah. 54. They're 31-36. and 36. Really? You take those away. Look this up. They're 29. Yeah, they're 29 and 35 in their last four years. And some of that's been injuries. Garoppolo yeah. tore his ACL against us in 18. Uh, last year, there was probably no team in the league that was decimated by more. But the perception is these guys are, man, they're just ready to go yeah. they're right there. And I don't know. I don't know. I think they have a ways to go. And I think they're up against it. And Trey Lance, they're hoping, is Mahomes. I mean, so this game has intrigue on that side of the ball, mainly because of what you nailed because of Lance. So you mentioned the uh, we're going to see the starters. Uh, who are some of the guys – deeper in the roster, either fighting for a roster spot or position battles that you're going to be keying in on tomorrow? Let me give you the quick checklist. And here's an interesting phenomenon that I've never seen in 28 years of me doing the NFL trend is that the second group that comes in the offensive line will have 114 games, 96 starts, 6,800 snaps played, and they've started in three Super Bowls. Mm. And they're fighting for a spot on the team because of the young guys taking over. Now, that to me is interesting. And San Francisco's got a bunch of guys that are kind of the same way on defense. They've signed all these old Raiders guys that they're trying to make, you know, fight for the team. You've got guys fighting for the team that have started in Super Bowls. Really interesting to me. All right, so that's one. Two, wide receiver room's really crowded. You're only going to keep six. You know who the four are at the top. And there's this shoving and pushing to try to get to the other two spots. Enter guys like Marcus Kemp, Gary Dieter, uh, even a Maurice French. Uh, and Doris Fountain of the University of Northern Iowa has made a big step. In fact, Coach even uh, mentioned him to me yesterday. All right, then cornerback position, corner, which some think is the weakest part of the team. And I'm not sure. I'm not saying that they're weak, but there's more question marks there. The third corner, opposite the first two, uh, with Legarius Sneed and Chavarius Ward. Then who 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 is that going to be? Is that going to be Mike Hughes, the former Viking? Is that DeAndre Baker, the former Giant? Is that Steady Rashad Fenton? Is that some kid that's coming up the rail? Uh, but those are the main focuses, uh, focus points of this game. This is unique, man. We got something going on here that I've never seen before, particularly with this offensive line. Uh, and, they, and the offensive line and everybody, Mitch. I mean, we're two weeks into camp. They're, they're, they've got to be tired against going against, uh, against guys on the same team. I mean, they know the DBs move the receivers. Likewise, the DBs know exactly what the receivers want to do. It'll be a nice change to go up against another team. Yeah, and there's two things. One, on your side of the ball, if the three of us are working together on, on one side of the ball, we have to communicate in a laboratory outside of our own team. Now, just hitting the other guys, but this our young offensive line in particular. Now, they're going to be out there for series, maybe two, but they've got to communicate. If not, it becomes a train wreck and you're, you just back up. But, but the other side of it is uh, you want to be teammates with your own guys. You've been sitting here wailing on the defense or defense on the offense, for weeks and really throughout the whole summer, now you want to feel like you're a team. 
if you and I have been grousing over the spot of who's going to get this time slot or that time slot, we're on the same team moving forward. And you want that sense. That's one of the biggest things you get out of the preseason is that you have this feeling to keep everybody unified and moving in the same direction because it can wear on you when it's just just us kids uh, in the same room for five weeks. Uh, 8.30 local time kickoff tomorrow, correct? Uh, 7.30 Central, I believe. Okay, 7.30. 5.30 Pacific. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, Papa John's delivers right at that time. How about that? Yes, they do. Yes, they do. And these games are, game nights are big, honestly, uh, in Des Moines. I've talked to them about it before. When, when the Chiefs are playing, it's a big deal. So they've got the Papadilla going on. They've also got a special on a one-top pizza right now, $12. Just check it out at papajohns.com. They'll deliver, have it ready for game time, and pay attention to these preseason games. Don't crop dust them. Don't blow them off. They're too, they're too important. There's no minor league baseball. There's no G League for the NFL. All you have is these games, and they'll determine your roster, if not this year, next year. Have fun out there. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for doing this for us, Mitch Thanks. Holtis. You got it, guys. You got it. Thank Matt, you. Take care. Mitch Holtis, voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. Surprise, Mahomes going to play. That's great. Good. Uh, 11 o'clock, we will start with Michael Swain on Iowa State. Tom Kaker previews Hawkeye Media Day. It's coming up. Boy, uh, Joe Wieskamp had his best game in Las Vegas uh, yesterday as well. And then Claxon's Barbecue Giveaway, Miller & Condon, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM.